This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Final segment of today's Sons of the Shoe podcast and... We're not going to do a full preview of the Outback Bowl, but we are going to, t- you know, take our first Cotton look at that, that too. I don't know why, but I've been thinking Outback Bowl because <laughs> maybe I want, maybe I need a blooming onion. I don't know. Maybe we- uh, you just there's just such a disappointing season that you thought that's where Ohio State ended up. Like, oh or- yeah, they just got the Outback Bowl. That, that that honestly, the Outback Bowl is the bowl. I don't even think the Outback Bowl exists anymore. But that's the bowl that you think of when you had like a, a ten and two season. And you were like, yeah, it was all right, but that's just – that's the bowl you think of. Like, oh, my team is probably playing in the Outback Bowl. It's just the easy non, uh, you know, main – one of the major bowl games that you would – that comes to mind, 100%. I feel like the winner in that game should just get like a six-foot blooming onion that the whole team gets to like (laughs) break down. I really – I it's the number one reason I go to Outback. That being said, we'll take a quick look at the Cotton Bowl here in a minute, but it is time for the Michigan Panic Meter and – I'm going to be honest with you. I I think I'm staying in the light scarlet for just another week here, and I reserve the right to change if at any point either Dante Moore goes to Michigan, at which point the panic will recommence, or you land Riley Leonard, Cam Ward, you know, uh, Dante Moore, or or somebody that we look at and say, this is somebody that can go ahead and change the fortunes of the program and be a true upgrade over Kyle McCord. How about you? I'm standing in the light scarlet as well. Um, based on our conversation last show, I know we talked a lot about the Jim Harbaugh potential contract extension and what that means. And just this idea that uh, he might actually end up staying in Michigan because they had his back for once makes me a little bit worried. Granted, I know he'll be losing a lot of players, but it sounds like they're maybe going to go out in the portal like Ohio State and try to bring in some players. And yeah, I'm with you. Like if that if they land Dante Moore and they somehow mend fences on that tarnished relationship that they had during his recruiting tour the first time around, then uh, that's 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 not what you want to hear, especially depending on how it plays out with Ohio State and what quarterback they get uh, as well. So that brings us to the Cotton Bowl, and now I'm looking down at my notes to make sure I don't say Outback Bowl again. And there's a great quote by Eli Drinkwitz, and we're probably actually going to be using this later in the week to compare it to a move that he made, um, or, you know, this season to, to kind of elevate the program. But the actual quote that really caught my eye was he said, coaching, you know, 18 to 22 year olds is 90% having your team motivated. And that's kind of how I look at this game for Ohio state. You know, it's less you win and it erases Michigan or you win and the team's in a perfect position, pie in the sky and all that crap. And a loss is the opposite. And it's more just, I think you get to see how motivated this team is to finish the season off strong. And that doesn't mean if they lose that Ryan Day doesn't have his guys in a row. Missouri's got more guys going into this game playing from their nine, you know, ninth ranked team than you've got going into your game. But at the same point, like 
This is, I want to see Ohio State play hard. I want to see him fight to the end. And I want to see just, all right, how do the young guys play? How, you know, do any of the transfers, the, the potential transfers play? Yeah. And, and, and based off that, like, I just think it's a nice way to, to wrap up a season that other than one game was actually pretty successful for Ohio State. Yeah, I'm almost not worried about the results here. Like, I'm not going to sit here when we do a post-game show together and rip Ryan Day up and down for decision-making in this game or whatever. Like, I, I think this truly has become, given all the transfer portal guys, given that Kyle McCord's gone, moving on, et cetera, like, I think it almost is just a, a game that sets the stage for, okay, what are things going to look like next year? Whether that means, like, Riley Leonard's the guy you land in the transfer portal and he's starting and you get a first look at him – or whether that means they're going to give Devin Brown a look or Keen holds a look or whatever, like whatever, whatever their plan is. I think it's more so about that and seeing what the future kind of holds and, you know, just kind of assessing the situation from here and getting these guys a real live experience in a bowl game than it is about what the result is. I do think though, that that quote from Drinkwitz is, is, is interesting because, you know, one of the other calling cards, you obviously beating Michigan and winning national championship that Urban Meyer had was that he rarely had players when they, the years they didn't make the playoff. He rarely had guys who wouldn't play in that game and as like sort of a final send off, even if they were ready to go to the NFL. Generally, they'd always play. Generally, they'd, they'd suit up for that game. They'd be ready to go. Um, and generally he had them motivated to win that game, even though it had less stakes than making the playoff, which was obviously, obviously the ultimate goal for those teams. We'll see if that that's the case with Ryan day as well, where he has his guys supremely motivated to go out and win a game that really doesn't matter as much in the grand scheme of things because Ohio state's bar is the playoff. Um, and I think that's kind of telling as well. I also just think that quotes telling to well, I've heard so much lately about just, how you coach kids today based on what they, what coaches used to do and how like this bill Belichickian mentality of just like ripping guys, isn't going to work. It doesn't work anymore. And it's less about like telling, I think the line is like, you don't tell players today what they did wrong. You tell them what you want them to do. And I think that kind of plays into that as well. It's like, yeah, I'm here to motivate these guys. You don't, they're seeing stuff on social media and all these different platforms now that are, getting into their psyche and I got to kind of get through all that, make them understand like that they're valued and then get them to perform on the field. Like, I, I think it's a really well said quote. And I, I love drink wits. I think everything he, he's got a, a great sense of humor. He seems like he's a great coach and a great guy. And uh, I thought that was a pretty, you know, meaningful quote for the way that he's supposed to do his job in 2023. I still haven't forgiven him for how he treated uh, App State, one of my favorite programs, as a pit stop. Oh, that's that's right. Um, he did. He created. He did do the thing that annoys me more than anything, which is he just overpromised. If he had if he had gone there for a short time and left, probably wouldn't have irritated me so much. It was the fact that he was like, "I'm never leaving. I'm gonna be here for a decade." He didn't say it exactly like that. <laughs> He's also a weird Southern dork, which has nothing to do with the conversation. Well, at least, at least his accent's real, though. Unlike, you know, some people who go to programs in the South and then all of a sudden. Who do you want to name? Is it, they're, is it they're, they're good Coach Catholic Kelly? boys from they're, they're good Catholic boys from Boston, born and raised. Ambulance. <laughs> I got your I got, family actually, right here. I got a great story for you. I don't know if I should share it on the podcast, but I got a great story for you about uh, about that. 
All right, so we'll get to that off air because we don't want to defame <laughs> anybody. But no, I mean, I, I actually do think Eli's done a really nice job there at Missouri. And, you know, I actually do think in a weird way it matters. You know, you had said it's less about wins and losses. I just, it, I don't think it's weird because I think we've just gotten to the point where because the bowl games, we've seen through them and guys opt out and, yeah. you know, the teams on the field are very rarely the teams that we saw through the regular season. Those are all very real criticisms of the bowl game and, and how those games have been devalued. I think when you're coming off the kind of loss that you were with, was it 12 or 13 guys in the portal right now with uncertainty at quarterback with the idea that, that Kyle McCord and, and Julian Fleming could be going to a big 10 rival at Nebraska, you know, all these different things I think it's just okay to say a win kind of optically looks like you you went out you went out at, at, at your best and it looks like hey that team didn't give up on Ryan cuz like to me a win says all right it's not the kind of win you'd like but it, it in some ways it stabilizes and I think the only downside is if Missouri just kicks the holy crap out of you yeah yeah and I don't I don't see that happening cuz I think your backups in, in, that are going to be playing are in some cases as good as their starters because you're still Ohio State. But, like, I think those two things matter. I also just think, too, this is an opportunity. I mean, think about Marvin Harrison Jr.'s sort of burst and, and rise to stardom. It started in a, a bowl game that wasn't a college football playoff game. It started in the Rose Bowl um, that, that first year he was there. And after that, it was, you know, just this skyrocketing rocketing trajectory to being the player that he is now, a Heisman finalist, likely top two to three pick in the NFL draft. So getting somebody like maybe Carnell Tate has a really big game with whoever's starting a quarterback. Like this is a chance for us to kind of get a sense of the this next crop of talent and stars that are coming in and what this thing's going to look like with them and, and who's going to maybe seize the moment that we need to we need to keep an eye on, but, and I, and I do think your point is sound because, you know, I made that argument for Kevin Stefanski the last couple of years, like, is the team quitting on him? Then yeah, maybe they need to move on from him. But I think if, if Ryan day gets the most out of his team, if they're motivated, if they feel like they're, they're not just going to throw in the towel because it's not as important of a game as, as the cultural playoff that they were hoping for, then I do think that's pretty telling to, his sort of footing in the program as well. And and that's almost the most egregious thing that can happen. If you lose a locker room, if you lose the guys in the locker room and they stop believing in you, which I guess some people might make the case that that's already happening with the number of guys who have entered the portal. Um, like that's a chance for him to sort of stop the bleeding and prove, no, I'm, I'm still here and people still believe in this thing. And we got this train moving in the right direction. All right, guys. So, we do have a big week coming up. Uh, later this week, we will be talking about coaching staff adjustments that could happen after the bowl game, maybe even before the game, maybe a Ryan Day adjustment that could happen going into next year. We're also going to be taking a good look at what's going on in the portal and recruiting, hoping to have a special guest for that. So uh, be on the lookout on Friday. We will drop uh, the next episode of Sons of the Shoe podcast. As we continue to beg, please make sure to follow us on all the different platforms there, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure to download us as well. And, of course, make sure to hit the follow on the 92.3 The Fan YouTube channel as well. But that does it for another successful edition of the Sons of the Shoe podcast. Hit us with your feedback. At Nick Wilson says, at Spencito underscore, we actually 
are the kind of hosts that will interact with you on social media. So let us know your thoughts in today's podcast. Until then, guys, Spence, go Bucks.